Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's in a top eight, then you're going to hop around, man. So we're going... We moved into the balls deep portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. Like, like Mex- Mexican America. food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> you are listening to Leaving a Legacy, episode 39. I am Adrian, or Matthew Matrixter. And with me are two very special esteemed colleagues. We have Jerry Me. Say Hello. hi, Jerry. And Pat Uglo. Hello. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm casting for the first time ever in my new abode. Audio sounds fantastic, Jerry. Oh, I thought <laughs> you meant like casting a spell on MTGO for a second. I, mean, I was like, well, what are you casting? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm coming to you live on the airwaves, and you will all be very happy to hear. It lives by a pretty busy road, and the apartment was just renovated, so they did soundproofing and everything. Wow. Nice. You can hear a pin drop. Look at that. Oh, well, we can't we can't hear a, a snowblower with a V8 on it anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah well, you know, the guy's that's moving true. in next door. <laughs> He's following me. <laughs> Oh, man. Yep. So, so uh, the new place is good, Jerry? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Got a steal. It's a pretty sweet place. Need to go Need to go to Ikea, get a nice drafting table so I can start hosting some uh, draft parties. I have a uh, box of Conspiracy and a box of Modern Masters to celebrate. What do you mean a drafting table? You know, like a table to draft at. How big? I mean, ideally you want one that eight people can sit at, but I don't know how practical that's going to be for the living room. Right, could you fit a table with eight people there? That's kind of what I'm curious about. I mean, we definitely could. It's just that would then be the focal point of the apartment. And as much as I would just love that, you know. <laughs> Welcome to my new pad. Come see my table. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, ladies. <laughs> well, keep in mind, if you need a table, I got one that's a fold-up table and a couple of fold-up chairs you can have. Oh, that would actually be perfect, because then it can discreetly fold out of the way. Exactly. You didn't even notice it when you were over. It was folded up next to my fridge. Oh, man, it, it could have been, a, you know, an assassin, and it would have got me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I did for the first time. I've had them for about two years now, and I've never had a chance to hang them up. But I uh, just hung up my set of five of the John Avon uh, lands. <laughs> on your own grown-ass man wall. On my own grown-ass man wall. Hey, 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 they're landscapes. Yep. They're art. <laughs> it's art. It's art, man. Uh, each one represents a different form of my emotion. Look how sensitive I am. Yeah, those lands are gorgeous. I love those. Yeah. Uh, they are beautiful. Um, I have to hang them up as a set, though, because the only ones that can probably stand on their own are, like, the forest and the island. Like, if you just have, like, the swamp by itself, and someone doesn't really know that much about magic and they just look at it, they're like, huh. What is this, a nine-inch nails cover? What's yeah. <laughs> like, should I take them aside, have a nice conversation with them, <laughs> find out if everything's okay? <laughs> yeah, that was a gift from uh, a couple years ago from my good buddy Mike. Uh, we talk about him on the show every now and then, but I finally got a chance to hang him up, so I'm, I'm quite proud of them. But uh, I didn't get a chance to go to That's Eve this week, though, because I was too busy moving, but I hear someone did. 
I did get a chance to go to that tea. You guys want to tell you how it went? Yeah. <laughs> Keep me in suspense. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So went to TE. You know who was there? It was uh, John Kerman? Uh, he, oh, who, he showed up at TE. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. He was super. Yeah, he was super happy to be there. Um, I actually played against him round one. That's um, fucking me and Jimmy. Hey, Jerry, neither one of us is there. Every time, and uh, <laughs> he was on. He was on Death and Taxes. Um, it was a pretty close three games. Uh, he beat me with Batter Skull game three. Uh, kind of blew me out there. But he actually went on to top four of the event. Nice. Yeah, so he moneyed in that one. Every time I see the kid, he's money in everything he goes to. So he's doing something right. Then uh, round two, round two, I played Curtis again. So we had a rematch from uh, <laughs> from Die Hard from the uh, Die Hard Games bunch duels. Was he on uh, Mono Black Box again? Oh yeah. <laughs> and ga- game one, so game one, he didn't get this in the first the one we played last time, but he had like the combo of Wasteland and Crucible of Worlds. Oh, nice. So it was pretty rough because I only run two basics in my entire deck, and yep. I, like at one point I have one island and five red spells in my hand, and um, I'm like, I just scooped to him, and then we went on to game two. Game two, I beat him down with uh, Delver, Delver and um, Young Pyromancer. And game three, we went to turns and ended up drawing. So I started off 0-1-1, which wasn't very good. So I played Elves round three, um, and I was playing this kid, Connor. And he actually... Remember how last week I was telling you guys about the Elves deck that I had played at Die Hard, and it was really tough to play against because it was all foreign yep. language cards? Mm-hmm. Yep. I played the same deck, not like the same elves deck, like the exact same deck because he borrowed it from his friend that I played it that I played against at Die Hard. So, so I lost O2 to that. It was closer than last time. I'm still having trouble like prioritizing what elves are important. Uh-huh. Um, I actually got to meet Celso down there. We hung out for a while before the event, and he helped me with the elves matchup. And so I thank him for it being a closer game, but I still need more practice with that matchup. It's just tough to prioritize those guys, you know? If you've never played against elves, it definitely takes a while before you have a firm understanding mm-hmm. uh, of how the deck works and what the key cards are, because there are definitely, there's an order, there's a hierarchy of what uh, elves you should use your removal on first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get that ingrained. Yeah, and I def- you know, like I said, <laughs> the cards being foreign language doesn't help. That also, I- yeah, does not help at yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I definitely, um, I definitely played pretty loose that game. I made a few mistakes, um, you know, but it was fine. I went on to, um, round four, I played against Miracles. I, again, I played against that kid Liam, who I played at Die Hard Games. So a bunch of guys who were at Die Hard came to play at, uh, Came to play at uh, TE this week. I, I think you mean a bunch of people at TE played at Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liam and Connor are, are like TE regulars. Sure, yeah, yeah. And Curtis, too, right? He's yep. there all the time, right? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Liam and Connor, I think, are brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I played Miracles. Uh, took game one pretty easily with just good beats from Delver and Pyromancer. Um, game two, I lost the, the top counterbalance lock. Um, but game three, I actually was able to push through with... Um, uh, I had Pyromancer, he passed, exiled it, and then I had another Pyromancer and a few tokens that he uh, he wiped my board, and then I actually top-decked a third Pyromancer and finished <laughs> him off that way. So that was good, because that was actually the first time I've beaten Miracles, so I feel like I'm getting stronger against that deck. It's just, I feel like it's kind of knowing when you have to overcommit to the board, and when you don't have to, like, considering what you have in your hand as far as counterspells go and things like that. Like, if I have protection in my hand, I feel more apt to stick a bunch of a bunch of creatures on the ground, versus, like, if I'm not sitting on any protection for them, I'll only play one at a time and make him, make him use those spells one at a time instead of getting full value for his board wipes and things like that. 
Yeah, um, it's a really tough. It's a it's a seesaw matchup because yeah. you tend to dominate the early game, mm-hmm. but if you can't close them out, you just have no hope past a certain turn. Like usually mm-hmm. around like turn five, you might as well just scoop. Yeah, it went it went pretty long though. That third game, I think he yeah. was. It probably it it came down to I think probably me playing a little bit better and also him just not just drawing pretty dead that game. Yeah, just kind of breaking on the counterbalance. Um, exactly. Um, actually, he never even landed the counterbalance the, the third game. I made sure to hold oh, up wow. counter magic for that because I knew that's what killed me in game two. Right. You know, it's really funny in that matchup uh, because the 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 blue red player will test the counterbalance every once in a while, where they'll just be like, "So, do you have dead stuff on top of your library right now?" <laughs> and then they're like. Uh, yeah, that brainstorm resolves. And they're like, oh, really? Okay, lightning, <laughs> lightning bolt, chain lightning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just fire it all off in the opening. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and the then... Once uh, clear. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. Um, and then round five, I actually played Celso. So, playing everybody I knew, basically, uh, playing him again. Um, he was on mud and just destroyed me both games. It wasn't even close. Um... Game one was a little bit closer than game two, but he just he blasted my lands. And that deck is just completely degenerate. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, not not a good showing for my for me, but um, it was a it's still a fun day to play Legacy there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know that I'd call mud degenerate. It's just uh, it's it's interesting. Like, yeah, I don't know that I'd go as far as to call it degenerate. It's, it's I wouldn't go so far as to call it fair either. <laughs> It's uh, really. Ah, it's. <laughs> that's the thing is, like, there, no one does anything fair in Legacy. Anytime you do anything in Legacy, your opponent, if they don't, if they're not used to Legacy, is going to view that as unfair. Like, a turn three Blightsteel is not fair by any convention. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I, it's I more fair than Blightsteel too. Yeah, it's Those more are. fun than a. It's more fair than like a turn one Emrakul. <laughs> this is just why I hate the whole fair unfair convention because it just doesn't really exist in Legacy. Because oh, no, it does. It like, does. No. I'll, I'll tell you about Atlanta. It, it does. All right. All right. We'll get to that. But I don't know. It, the, the the line between fair and unfair is definitely blurred. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was still good. Um, I actually met up with Ian there too. He gave me a ton of cards for the uh, the contest that we're doing. Yeah, the little fundraiser, and uh, Ian came down from fucking Watertown then. Yeah, fuck, yep. everybody was there. Yeah, yeah man, it was Damn. a good showing, man. Was... I, I wish I could have made it. You guys missed out, man. Let me tell you, it was a lot of fun. Uh, oh. I, was, I was busy unpacking boxes. Uh, well, I, knew, I I knew the whole time I was going to be missing it because like you know, Celso started asking everybody if they wanted to like meet up and play, and I'm like, fuck, I'm not. I'm going to be out of state. <laughs> yeah. But, no, uh, but no, but there were a bunch of awesome people there. Oh yeah, like, for sure. No, I had a blast, man. Playing playing against Curtis. Is hilarious because that <laughs> matchup for, it, it, that matchup is just so grindy. You know what I mean? Like I don't know why, but against Pox, like Blue <laughs> Red Delver is just a really grindy matchup. Especially like games two and three when I'm able to sideboard into like into Pithing Needle and things like that. It was just I don't know. It was a really fun game. I like playing against that deck. I don't really know why. Maybe because I hate myself. But I'm glad you hear that. I'm glad to hear that, Pat, because I was all prepared with a deck to bring. Uh, <laughs> I was bringing uh, Pox Rock. So it's Curtis's deck splashing green for Life from the Loam. Just okay. for extra grindiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I don't know if I'd like playing against that now. Yeah, uh, I, I, was so prepared. <laughs> I know, so prepared to meta against Pat. Uh, my deck was packing four <laughs> choke and two chains of Mephistopheles. <laughs> I just wanted to write, like, fuck you, Pat. <laughs> 
Maybe next time, Jerry. Oh. Maybe next time, my friend. Wow, the salt. Uh, I was running Cabal Pits, which is like a shock land. It's like it's like pay one black and sack it to give a creature minus two, minus two. It's like, fuck you, Delver. <laughs> okay, you know, I, I had a question for you guys. So playing against elves, there's obviously a point where their board is so wide that there's not much that Delver can do against it. Do you think that like running something like uh, Anger of the Gods is worthwhile, like in the sideboard? No, it's sorcery speed. No, well, yeah, it's sorcery speed A, and also it kills all your shit too. True, true. I mean, cute thing might be to like just if you start seeing more young pyromancers, it'd be cute to mm-hmm. see if you actually played an electricery, mm-hmm. just to see if you could instant speed like crack their one ones. But sure. for the most part, what are you doing? Red and blue, right? No black. Yeah. Right. So you're not you can't use engineered plague. Um, I mean, honestly, the answer is you have to keep them from going wide. Like, you have to be consistently killing their elves as they're playing them. Yep. If, if you want, like, one extra turn just to fuck them up, let them natural at a crater hoof and then cast hibernation. <laughs> it, like, returns all green per- permanents to their owner's hand. Oh, I like that. So, like, before <laughs> before combat damage, I'm going to bounce your board. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, you know what I didn't realize was that they played Reclamation Sage, so I, yeah. thought, I, was, I thought I was protected with Ensnaring Bridge. Oh, yeah. no. Sadly, I was not. Yeah. So, so your biggest strengths in that matchups are the Delvers. They don't have any way to stop Delver. Yeah, so you need to you need to land an early Delver and just put a clock on them, and then just consistently kill their elves while the Delver is a clock. I mean, that's honestly your answer against any combo deck. Yeah. So land an early Delver and then just <laughs> stop <laughs> stop the combo. Well, that's yeah. as simple as it gets. That, that's your answer against every combo deck is kill the elves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm playing Omni Show. No, kill the elves, man. Kill the elves. I will make sure to kill all the elves here. <laughs> and that's, I, that's, I think, what, Forkbolt probably made that match up. Yeah. But, yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying, is if you expect a lot of elves, fork bolts may be coming in for a couple chain lightnings. Right, I mean, I run two, I, I split the main board with two chains and, two chain lightnings and two fork bolts. I mean, two fork bolts main is already, like, that's what you would go up to if you're expecting a lot of elves. Sure, yeah. So it, yeah. it also could have just been, you, you kind of, they drew well and you drew poorly, because... Yeah, I mean, I, I think I certainly misplayed, I, I need to get better at that match. I just need more practice, you know? Yeah. Just something to keep watching YouTube for and watching all the uh, GP coverages and whatnot and trying to get better at it. All right, then let me let me pose a question since it's sort of on topic. Sure. Uh, so if if Pat's doing this blue-red Delver deck, does this new Molten Vortex out of the new set have it uh, shorten up that match against Elves? It's like Seismic Assault sort of shit. You pay a red, discard a land, and do two damage to target creature or player. If, like, if he's running low on burn spells, we can hold the counter magic for the glimpse of nature. What's the casting cause of that? Is it single red? Yeah, one red enchantment. Yeah. I mean, I don't run a ton of lands in that deck to begin with. I'm only on, like, 16, I think. Yeah. My, my uh, question is, like, how many do you need? Like, yeah. what if, if you're trying to get past turn four and hold back the glimpse and keep firing off at their creatures? Like, right. Usually an elf deck is probably 17 lands and every frickin' 1-1 one, one that you can imagine. Yep. yep. Well, not 1-1, not one, one, but... Yeah. Now, I'm actually curious to see how Elves changes with any of these cards coming out, too. There's so many black-red... I mean, black-green Elves. I, yeah, it's just more heavily pushing it. To, I mean, they were already a primarily black-green deck with Abrupt Decay being introduced. Death Ray Shaman. Is, 
Yeah, and well, I mean, you can run Deathrite Shaman without the black. It's not as good, but the deck would probably would still run it. Yeah, just the, because. Yeah, the extended reach. Right. Well, well, no, not just that. It's just the fact that it it does what uh, its graveyard hate, and it's a land war elf, and it has the potential of gaining life without even introducing black is mm-hmm. just good enough for it to run in the deck, anyways. Yeah, but, but the fact that they also had Abrupt Decay was just one more reason for them to splash black in the first place. And I think most will still end up like pulling Cabal Therapies and shit out of the sideboard in combo matchups. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, adding black just definitely increases their uh, uh, their ability to play against uh, other combo decks, which was always their biggest uh, downfall beforehand, is mm-hmm. that they were the worst combo deck in a combo mirror. Mm. So I was just wondering... I was trying to figure out if Molten Vortex would actually help show that up at all. If he lands a Delver and then lands Molten Vortex and can bolt and chain lightning and runs out of burn spells, he can still blow something it wouldn't up. Be ter- it wouldn't be terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's worth trying, I think. It's Are funny you- because I feel like I feel like my um, my matchups, like my plans going into like the Bunch Duels, for instance, was very different than like if I really thought about what the metagame is going to be like at TE and like how much I would switch out my sideboard in retrospect, you know? Oh, you mean to, to prepare for a different meta? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Like I didn't change my sideboard at all between um between going from bunch duels to TE, even mm-hmm. knowing kind of like what I would see at, at that entertainment, you know. Yeah. Are you running Graft Digger's Cage? I have two in the board, yeah. Which okay. I didn't realize was actually really good against Zelda. Oh, yeah, it's totally yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> I had no I honestly had no idea and then it was you know what was really great um at TE, like after every single um match all my opponents, like, I, I asked them, like, you know, what I did well, what I did wrong, like, I showed him my sideboard, um, even Celso, like, Celso, like, took apart his whole deck, like, showed me everything that, that that deck does, and, like, what is good, and what's good against, you know, what's good, and what's not good against me, and, and vice versa, and um, everyone was really cool to help me with that. Yeah, I didn't realize Grafticker's Cage was so effective against elves, I had no idea. Well, yeah, keep, keep it in mind, too, Pat, that, I mean, a lot of people, I think, might see Grafticker's Cage and figure it's against reanimation strategies. That's what I thought, yeah. And so, also keep in mind against like certain deck elves, especially is if you actually play Grafdigger's Cage, they cannot fetch a Dryad Arbor. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what they. That's yeah. That's exactly what he was telling me. O'Connor was like, "Yeah, you, I, it shuts down Dryad Arbor. It shuts down what was it, Natural Order? I think. Natural yeah, order. Natural Order, Green, Green Sun Zena. Yep. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was <laughs> I think I would be much more apt to run that instead of Ensnaring Bridge. You know what I mean? Right, because that prevents them from ever even getting into a position to, to you know, get to a point where Ensnaring Bridge matters. Because even yep. if you have an Ensnaring Bridge out, they can still beat you down with a bunch of Nettle Sentinels if you have yep. some dead cards in hand. Yep, yeah, exactly. So, just a matchup I want to keep practicing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely worthwhile. It doesn't look like we're going to be seeing any less of L's with the new set coming out. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, we had a little debate off-cast that uh, some some members of the de- debate may have gotten particularly heated at. <laughs> but, uh, me and Adrian have a little friendly wager going on where I think Matt and, uh, Origins is going to contribute more cards to Legacy than any set since Ravnica. Adrian doesn't believe so. Who got heated? I didn't... No, I didn't get heated. Oh, Did I know you didn't. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you got heated. So, all right. Oh, now, yeah, I'm not. Yep. <laughs> Jerry was salty over a conversation that we were having. <laughs> because, uh, yes. So, so the way I mean, his all right. Here was the fucking deal, right? It's, it's Jerry, you you put up a little 
quick thing. I'll put money down. This set has more playables than any set since Return to Ravnica. Yeah, I back that. And my first thought is, there's a charity drive. I'll take up your money. <laughs> like, I'm like, whatever. So how many playables did Return to Ravnica have? So I think we we brought up uh, Return to Ravnica. Well, no, so not counting. So most cards since Return to Ravnica, Return to Ravnica having the most with Supreme Verdict, Rest in Peace, Deathrite Shaman, Abrupt Decay... Uh, there's probably more that I'm not even thinking of, that, but those are kind of the four that jump to mind. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah, I know that you missed one. Deathrite, Shaman, Abrupt Decay, Supreme Verdict, Rest in Peace. The fuck's the other one I'm thinking of? All right, sorry, go ahead. Um, and then since then, we were kind of brainstorming, and we we figured that Khans has probably had the most since Return to Ravnica yeah. with Treasure Cruise, Monastery Swift Spear, and Dig Through Time. So the bet is that MTG Origins will contribute at a minimum four cards to the Legacy metagame. That so you said more than. Right, so more than cons. Cons had three. Well, you, so. said, you said more than any set since Return to Ravnica. Right, which would be four. Right, Return to Ravnica had four. No, no, more since Return to Ravnica. Return to Ravnica. Oh so my! So this is the exact same thing. This is how the conversation went on Facebook. <laughs> you keep twisting the words, Adrian. No, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. So, are you saying not counting Ravnica? Right. Yeah, exactly. If you say like since Ravnica, that means not including Ravnica. <laughs> so four cards from MTG Origins that impact Legacy. And you do not believe that there will be four cards that will impact Legacy, correct? No, I, I just believe that if you're going to go, I'll, I put money down, then we'll put it towards a charity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care about this set, dude. What do we figure from the release of Origins, which is like end of like second week of July, right? Like next week until Battle for Zendikar comes out, which is like October. Is that enough time to... Yeah, that's. Th- uh, I think we decided on three months. Yeah, which is like that's pretty much three months. Like I think it's like it's like two months and like three weeks or something like that. Yeah, I'm not worried about time. I'm worried about set. Because I guess my point is that if, if you say this card's got this set's got more cards for Legacy than any other, then I want to see it stand on its own merit. Like if they release something for a fucking Commander deck and suddenly there's a card that plays well with something in this set. Yeah, that makes sense. It's pretty irrelevant because the right. card wasn't printed. So, it's not this card standing yep. on its own merit. So, so this is friendly, guys. This is friendly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the, I think I think Jerry, the reason why you were getting so heated is you kept. I don't know where you came up with six weeks. You said something about six weeks in the chat, and I couldn't follow you at ta- what you were talking about. Yeah, I think it had something to do with they. They were saying how it was like a sped up process, so I thought it was six weeks instead of three months. Okay, because then, then you like. Well, then you stopped focused on six weeks, and then after yeah, we then, found yeah, it was because well, six weeks. Because then, then you started trying to go to three months, and all I'm caring about is what sets coming out. I don't give a yeah. shit how much time there is. Like it could be a fucking year and a half if the fucking set's going to stand on its own merit. It's going to stand on its own merit. And for me, the further the span, the better it is because this is what I actually want to see. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll give it. We'll give it two weeks bias. Brew bias goes by. Mm-hmm. You know, because people are going to brew with fucking cards anyway. Yeah. So the set releases, legacy events occur. After two weeks, you get to find the cards that are actually being played out of the set. And you could name ones that haven't been played yet. That's up to you. Like, if, if nobody's playing Days Undoing and you think it's going to fucking spike through the roof by the time the next set's released, name Days Undoing. I don't care. But we'll say, after two weeks goes by with the set in circulation and, mm-hmm. and legal, 
look up all the all the lists you want, get all the information you want to gather. I want you to name three cards. Wait, did we say three or four? We said four. I'm giving you four. Okay. Four cards. All right. I want you to name four cards that have proven, like, in those two weeks that they showed, you, or however you want to do it, you get to pick four cards out of this set that you think are going to be so legacy playable that by the time the next set releases, the four previous weeks, those cards consistently show up in top eight. Well, no. It's just any four cards that consistently are showing up in top eight. What? Four cards, three months. AJ, we're leaving. Oh, this oh, so you don't, you don't, you don't have to, three months. You don't have to name them. No. Why do I have to cherry pick them as well? You keep adding conditions onto this. Deck. <laughs> <laughs> like AJ, you, you're like, here, let's flip a coin. If it's heads, I win. If it's tails, I win. <laughs> Adrian really wants you to contribute money to charity. That's what it is. <laughs> Jerry keeps trying not to. I don't know. He, he, <laughs> ma- he makes this big bold statement that these cards are legacy playable. Jerry, just tell me what cards they are. <laughs> oh, it's any? Oh, okay. Well, then, what the hell? <laughs> oh my god, I, I can't even. This is why we got heat. Conversation and text message, and oh, like uh, the scared little child while mommy and daddy fought. <laughs> okay, all right. So we'll, we'll go with it, Jerry. Any card is legacy playable. Why the hell not? Three months. Three months. Four? Yeah. Hey, shit. In three months, any card is legacy playable. Oh my god. <laughs> Four cards. You can know when Treasure Cruise, Monastery, Swift Spear, Dig Through Time hit Legacy, you instantly knew that they were Legacy playable. There wasn't any question about it. Once Bob top uh, won the SCG with his blue-red Delver list, everyone knew that those cards were playable. There wasn't any question. I don't think we need to be combing through deck lists. It's after, uh, once Battle for Zendikar spoilers start coming out, I think we'll have a very good idea of what cards from Origins are, are Legacy playable. Well, sure, that's my point. What? what? <laughs> By the time Battle for Zendikar comes out, we'll know what cards out of this set are legacy playable. Oh so at least four of them are legacy if, if you think you can call it in advance, then call it in advance. Yes. Four cards. Minimum of four cards. Seeing what ones? Legacy play. <laughs> what ones? No, no, you do not get to <laughs> add this on. <laughs> Four out of how many, Jerry? We're moving on. We're moving on. So how many cards? and Daddy how, are fighting. How many cards are in this set, Jerry? Uh, I don't know. What, like three hundred or something? Oh, okay. So it's only going to be four. Yeah. <laughs> those are great. Those are great odds. God. <laughs> if you look at what uh, uh, Fate Reforged, there was what one Tassiger? Tassiger Gurmag. And okay, Gurmag was in was in Fate Reforged. Okay, so two in Fate Reforged. Maybe I don't know. I don't actually. That said, is legacy playable according to Adrian, but that doesn't see legacy play. What's that? What's what? You say so by your standards, the rest of that set is legacy playable. Any there have to be four cards from Origins that sees play in Legacy. That is my Tassiger or like a Gurmag. Crazy? Am I? Am I not? No, I, I. I think you guys. I think you guys actually see eye to eye, but you can't agree on semantics. <laughs> <laughs> We're titling this episode four cards, three months. Four yeah. cards, three months. No, we're titling this episode Southern Hospitality. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's talk. Let's move on and talk about that then, please. <laughs> How is Georgia? All right. Yeah, I, I went down to um, Atlanta, and what the fuck? I left on. I went. I landed there Thursday night, so I woke up like six o'clock Wednesday morning, and I didn't sleep the whole fucking day, of course. And then at that night, I had to go. I had to be like at my buddy's house at four thirty in the morning, so I didn't sleep all night. 
So then I get down to, and I'm like grabbing cards. I'm like, all right, well, I know there's a couple of guys that were going to meet up with me down there, and I'll just bring some fucking cards and see what deck I make. And, and I brought like enough of a card pool to build either Food Chain or Merfolk. And um, I ended up awake like 48 hours or some shit. I got down there Thursday, and uh, I was going to meet up with Evan. So Evan, uh, fucking awesome guy. Um, Evan got a hold of me, and he was going to come pick me up and bring me over to this game place where they do... He, there's a whole team of them, and, and, like, they stream their shit. They, like, stream their matches. And uh, I got a hold of Boxy and Zero on, on Twitter also. He was going to meet me over there, and even CJ, the judge, uh, met me over there too. It was wicked fucking cool. And um, so so Evan, he's on his way to come pick me up, and I'm like, no, like, honestly, I'm in fucking Atlanta. I... Never met Evan before, so he's on his way to come get me. And I'm like, I sent him a message. I'm out by the hotel. Uh, what kind of car are you driving? And all like, like in wicked fucking cool guy. Uh, we went over to this. We went over to the shop, and he starts pulling. He's got the lighting equipment and everything in his car to set up for the stream. And I walked inside, and uh, the store was big. They had like a lot of room, and I couldn't. I can't remember. There was uh, God. There was a guy there playing vintage can't think of who it was but like he was legit vintage like he oh. I, so, like i looked on the table and there's two sides of the table one guy's got uh mox sapphire mox jet blood moon on the field and like the other guy's got a proxy deck that's just written on the back of the cards and they're playing vintage and i'm watching i'm like well i can i can see what he's doing but i couldn't really tell what the other deck was doing because it was just sharpies on the magic you know um but like then uh, Andrew, I think, yeah, Andrew started talking to me because they started doing the stream, and um, I had brought Food Chain, and all I really knew was that Blue doesn't show up there, because when Blue shows up, they hate Blue out. It was really, it was, it was interesting. Hmm. Now, <laughs> is is every card in Legacy? So it was, it was fucking cool. I got. Um, I can't remember if I lost. I, God, I was so fucking tired. I don't remember what matches I won or lost, but I think I lost the first round, and then they put me under the stream <laughs> on, on coverage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, So they put me under, under coverage with this guy who had just shown up there. I don't think he's ever played there before, and I, he might have even just been getting into Legacy. I, I'm not even sure what he was playing. It might have been Miracles, but um, I, you know, game one, he had, to, I think he multi four. Or three? No, I think it was four. He mulled a four, and I just comboed out with Food Chain real quick before he really had much of a chance to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then game two, um, he kept seven, and as far as I could tell, out of the length of turns, he only saw five non-land cards. Like one, mm-hmm. one, so one game he had to mull the fucking nothing. The next game he just got mana flooded real bad, and. Um, and, you know, then somebody asked me, like, oh, did you, did you win? And I'm like, well, yeah, but that was really, you know. But the guy I played against, you know, he took it well. He, he you know, mauled and then just hit a shitload of mana. Um, and then I ended up, and so then they brought me, like, they wanted to do, like, interview coverage type thing. And uh, and I had put the I put the URL in the Facebook group. And um, so I get on, and... I'm talking with the guy, and I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> and I'm like, and and I guess, you know, it's it's kind of funny because with that food chain deck, when you ramp out a Genesis Hydra, you just ramp into Tidespout Tyrant, 
and then you keep bouncing the Genesis Hydra, and you can actually keep going through Baleful Strix to actually draw the deck. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just, Besides just bouncing your opponent's board, if there's actually, I don't know, if there's some ridiculous thing you need to do where you want a full grip holding because you've bounced everything in their hand and you need every force of will in your deck, you can actually do it. Yeah. Um, so the deck does a really interesting ending. And, uh, and there were like two other food chain decks there. And... Uh, that was that was pretty interesting. So I was talking to the guy on coverage a little bit, and then I get off, uh, you know, and I go and I look at the Facebook group, and I see Braden Defoe put up a comment. He's like, "Bring Adrian on to talk about food chain." He talks about tin fins, because <laughs> 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 because I, I did have to mention like this is not my combo deck of choice, but I'll sell Gorio's Vengeance when it spikes <laughs> like that. Um, and then. Uh, so yeah, we hung around, and then I played, oh man, and I think this is probably the saltiest I got, um, and I, I wasn't like, I don't think I was too bad, but I know I was kind of salty, like, um, I played against this guy who did like, turn one swamp, he might have thought seized me or something, I'm not even sure, maybe Cabal Therapy, and uh, then he like, him to Turrocked, you know, he was just like, ripping my hand apart, He then he, when he beat me, he did it with, um, he cast uh, Vampire Nighthawk, and he equipped a jit on it. Oh, yeah, that's something. <laughs> he was doing his own. He was he was doing his own deck. But I'm telling you, Jerry, the decks down there were freaking awesome. Uh, it was it was like nothing, nothing. Uh, how can I put it? Nothing. It was like nothing. It was so much personal creativity that everybody had in their decks that you couldn't like the standard stuff. They were just it, it was fucking awesome. They, like there was so much creativity in there. Um, so he had like is is it I can't is it Gatekeeper of Malakir? What's the what's the there's a vampire that like Gatekeeper of Malakir? That's the uh the sack one if you pay a kicker. If you yeah, yeah. So he had Gatekeeper of Malakir, because I finally landed like uh Mist Holograph and I'm like, Alright, cool, I can block this fucking Nighthawk and he like cast a gatekeeper and made me sack it, so now it's in my graveyard, I can't even cast it again. I'm like, fuck man and like he just beat me down with a vampire nighthawk with with, with a jet. <laughs> and I couldn't do anything about it. So then, like game two, we sidewood. Uh, game two, he landed Dystopia. What does that do again? <laughs> yeah. So that's a card from Alliances. Um, it was like three casting costs: two black, one colorless. Enchantment from Alliances. Cumulative upkeep, one life. During each player's upkeep, if that player controls any green or white permanents, he or she sacrifices a green or white permanent. So I landed Food Chain. Wow. He landed, he landed Dystopia. <laughs> and then just kept paying life to make sure I couldn't keep, like, a fucking food chain down while beating me with a vampire night hockey equipped for the JIT. <laughs> it was, that, how does the cumulative upkeep work? Does that, in, does that increase every turn? I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. You First upkeep, you pay one life. Second upkeep, you pay two. Third upkeep, you pay three. Okay. Yep. So, so he, and he apparently cited in two of them. So, that, I mean, that's got to be really good against, like, death and taxes and shit. So, like, I'd never seen this card before. I had no way to figure out how to deal with it. And he kept doing, like, every time I'm thinking I could just about dig through time, he played Bajooka Bog. <laughs> I'm like, what, what the fuck? There goes my graveyard. <laughs> Shit. It, it was, yep, that's pretty it, good. <laughs> yep, and he was he was hitting me with, like, Wasteland, and I'm like, okay, this is... So I got, like, frustrated because I couldn't do anything, and... uh you know, at the end, he's like, well, good games. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far, but we'll go with it. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, that, that uh, was like the salty. salty. Yeah, yeah, it was a little salty. <laughs> I don't, it wasn't, like, offensive. Yeah, it's just, uh, 
But it was awesome that I that like that I mean that's some creativity. That's some fucking shit that I just I don't come across. I've never so, seen a dystopia before. So in retrospect, I mean you're really smiling about it. You had a good time. Oh no, it was fucking awesome. Are you kidding yeah, me? That's awesome. And then like then I mean because after that you know it was and we're hanging around, we're playing the rest of the rounds and and they're doing coverage and everything, and then. We're all outside talking afterwards, and there's apparently, I mean, there was a few guys, and it, and it, so it always, it still surprises, I mean, it surprises me anyway, it's gonna always surprise me when somebody's like, oh yeah, I listen to your podcast, I'm like, Ooh. yeah, sorry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I always want to apologize to them, but, um, <laughs> but it's pretty fucking cool, you know, and so it was really, it was really neat, and, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, there was a, point where we're outside and we're talking and you know these guys are like it's a full team like there's a team of them there's like i guess it's the team tusk is what they call it and uh so then we're outside we're talking for a while and they're like oh well, let's, you guys want to go eat we'll go over to the waffle house now i've never been to a fucking waffle house we don't have waffle houses up north i'm like sure so like we went over there and uh yeah we were just talking for a while really fucking cool guys and then we're talking about like they listen to the podcast, but it always throws me when somebody's like, oh, yeah, I listen to your podcast, and as we talk, I realize they don't listen to any other podcast. Uh-huh. Like, like, I like I know who KYT is, you know? I figure everybody knows who KYT is, but the reality is not everybody knows who KYT is, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys got to check out some of these other podcasts. They're really fucking good, mm-hmm. you know? Um but we went over to the Waffle House. I've never been to fucking one of those. And I went down to a place that had breakfast at Ria's Bluebird at the advice of Celso. And that place was absolutely ridiculous. That was so good. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, the people down in fucking Atlanta were awesome. You know, it was, uh, it was a good time. Awesome. Yeah. So, if you had a choice, and actually this can go to Jerry, too, because I'm just curious. If you guys had a choice between playing against a meta that is like... Like, you saw this past weekend, Adrian, that's, like, kind of a variety of, like, brews versus, like, like say, a store like TE, where you'll see a lot of the top decks being played that you'll see, like, if you play in, say, SCG Worcester or something like that. Like, what do you, if you had a preference, what would you rather be playing week in, week out? Depends. Mine depends on what's at stake and what's coming up. If 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 it's just for pure enjoyment, if there's nothing at stake, we're just playing to have a good time. You know, I definitely will always prefer a wide variety of decks. I love playing against decks I've never seen before, figuring out what people have done with the deck and what crazy combos they've come up with, or even better, what crazy engines because engines are even better. <laughs> um, but if there's a GP around the corner or a Star City Games around the corner, and there's you know serious money on the line, if it's actually really important, I'd much rather the environment at that's entertainment because it's going to be much more representative of a more mainstream legacy tournament that has established decks that you can prepare against. Okay. Because one of the downfalls of, of something like the, the Atlanta meta is your sideboard almost doesn't matter because okay. <laughs> there's no telling what you're going to play against. Right. Whereas at like a GP or an SCG... Uh, your sideboard's probably almost as important, if not more important, than your main deck. What about you, Adrian? What do you think? Well, I guess I'd like to start by apologizing to everybody in Atlanta for Jerry's remarks. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, so, 
You're not telling me uh, Vampire Nighthawk with JIT is mainstream legacy. Um, I'm telling you it's effective. <laughs> I don't doubt that. That sounds brutal. Okay. I would hate to be on the receiving end of that. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you... Uh... But the chances of you running into that again, what would you say percentage-wise, the chances of you ever playing against that again? Well, that's... That depends. That depends on the nature of the group. Sure. Like, you know, so if the nature of the group is let's look up the best deck list and just fucking print it out and play proxies, then sure, chances are I'm not going to run into that. If the yeah. nature of the group is how can I beat the field in unknowing ways, I may actually run into that again. Yeah. It's it's just where is where is creativity? Yeah. I mean, personally, like, for me, I feel like I'm playing against a bunch of brews anyway because I don't know most of the <laughs> decks that are out there. So each week I'm trying to figure out what I should be doing against each deck. So for me, like, uh, you know, unlike you guys who are very practiced in, in the field of legacy, like, for me, every week is pretty new <laughs> and pretty interesting, you know what I mean? Like, you guys like you guys would know, like I said before, like, you guys would know if someone plays turn one underground seas, like, you guys kind of know, you can narrow down what they're playing, right? For the most part, you sort of know what they could be on. Whereas me, I'm like... Each move narrows it down further. So it's sure, just exactly. wide at the top and narrows down until you know for sure what they're playing. Exactly, yeah. And but for me it's kinda like it's a crapshoot, right? I don't know what, what the person's on, so mm-hmm. I, I mean I don't have a preference either way. Um right now I kinda like being in a store that is a little bit more dependent upon like the top top sixteen decks just because that's what I'll be playing against in bigger events and that's kinda what I want to be good against. But I totally see like also like the not the casual side, because I don't want to say that it's it's a casual playgroup because obviously they know what they're doing and they have a good knowledge of legacy, um, but one that's just more creative, I guess, and like is taking that that cool, you know, that super deep card pool of legacy and making the most out of it. Um, I think that's really neat too. So I think they both have their merits. I was just curious what you guys prefer, or if you had a preference at all. Yeah, I, I definitely see that both have their merits because it's the top 16 type meta where you're playing the best decks that are going to refine the decks and get mm-hmm. the best version of the best deck, which is going to yep. help you win the tournament. It's the crazy brew meta that is going to find that new deck that no one's ever thought of before that attacks the meta in a wholly different way and ends up uh, making you just surprise all of your opponents and take it down. Yeah. So both have their (laughs) You're out of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, please, Adrian, go on. Tell tell us why. (laughs) Why why are you out of your mind? Yes. (laughs) Well, here's, here's my impression. Okay, if everybody relies on what the top eight decks are, you never see this Grixis Delver, de- this Grixis Pyromancer deck, whatever it is that's been kicking ass. Mm-hmm. You'll never see that because nobody ever had the ingenuity to come up with it. Now, yeah. w- w- so when you start playing it, nobody's prepared for it because it's not the typical net deck that everybody's been playing. Why? Why doesn't it have like the, the other what shit? Ha- what happens when it loses the surprise value? When people have seen the deck before, what? What do you have then when people know how to combat it? That's it, when so they, the so there established you go. decks come into play, and you need to come up with the best list no, that you has fi- the most efficient win percentage. Because the margins well, are so you, little. No, you, you, you get five people that show up playing fucking 12 post, and there's not a Miracles deck that arrives anymore. Then you get five people showing up playing fucking Blood Moons, and then all the 12 post decks go away. It's just, it's, it's not... That's totally different than what we're talking about. We're talking about the best decks... Versus which, which, all the best what you're talking about is just people hating out each other. No, what I'm what you're talking about is the best decks, but the best deck can only be in a relation to other decks in the game, in the meta. 
you know, and where, and we're where talking people about play. the best decks in the overall meta, not so a you're talking. Meta. So you're talking about the best decks in 200 to 4,000 person tournaments. Yes. Okay. Welcome to the 30 person. Yeah, I, I I know. That's why I like that's E is because it's a representation of a larger tournament. The breakdown okay. of decks available are going to be more closely aligned to a tournament that has 4,000 players. Okay, so, so Pat's original question is, which one would you rather play in? Yeah, and, like, week, like week in, week out, like week in and week out. Uh, you know what I mean? That's that's all I'm asking. Like, if you prefer, like, a, 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 a an environment that's more casual, like, as in, like, making more brew stuff, or do you like one that's, like, oh, we're going to net deck and just, play, you know, jam these top eight decks or whatever? Well, yeah, I don't even think that's a question. Obviously, the more enjoyable... Yeah, like, what's more fun, the enjoyable decks or the not enjoyable decks? Obviously, the right. enjoyable decks. Yeah. But if I'm trying to be a better player, if I'm trying to make the best version of a deck, then there's a GP next week. You're damn right that I want to go to a tournament that has one of every top 16 deck in the format so I can run the Legacy Gauntlet, play against them, and be prepared for the overall field. I don't want to be playing against decks that I'm never going to see again, because yes, I beat them, I know how to beat that deck, but it doesn't matter because I'm not going to play against them. Yeah. So you're looking at more from like a tournament a tournament um, preparedness viewpoint versus like just just being like enjoying the enjoying the game basic basically, right? Like you're looking at what's gonna give you the most value for when you play in a bigger tournament, right? Yeah, it's like am I playing a game or am I putting in work? If I'm putting in work, I want to play against the best decks in the format. If I'm just playing, if I'm having a few beers with friends, hanging out, then yeah, I want to play against crazy decks so random things happen that I've never seen before. Yeah, you know definitely. that's what keeps you going when you get burned out of the tournament scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a yin and a yang. You have to have both. Yep. Even when I was playing standard, I used to bring my bring my brews every once in a while to F and M because it was just fun to do stuff where people like couldn't figure out what the hell you were doing and. And it definitely has value, because that's how you get those crazy decks that no one have ever seen before, but you found out it's actually viable. That's how Food Chain came about. Food Chain was a crazy brew that someone just decided to put together and try, and it turned out it was good. Mm. Same with Goyro's Vengeance. Did you guys watch any coverage from the <laughs> from the GP over the weekend? Yeah, I was just going to say, that that's a, a perfect segue, because, oh, look, we just actually happened to have a Legacy GP. Yeah, Grand it's, Prix... Lil? Lil, yeah. I'm going to say that was in France. I don't know. I think it was in Belgium, actually. Oh, I'm not don't, sure. Don't quote do. me on it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. The top eight wasn't super interesting, uh, it, mostly because it was a Miracles Mirror in the final, which mm-hmm. I think everyone was lamenting was the most unenjoyable thing to watch ever. Yeah. Um, which, no surprise, on Twitter has started up a whole talk about banning top again. Actually, yeah. that's the local. I wanted to congratulate uh, Kate uh, Donnelly. Wrote her first ever magic article for uh, Hipsters of the Coast. That actually came really? out today. Where yeah, she wrote an entire article about why uh, Top should be banned. I don't know because I haven't read it yet because it just <laughs> came out. So it could be a satirical article that I'm completely misrepresenting. But based on the title, I'm guessing she wants to ban Top. <laughs> I mean, I would be I would be mad to see it go away. I think pe- more people are saying to ban um, counterbalance is really the problem. But I think that when just from watching coverage, like top is really boring to watch. I mean, not that that's a good reason to ban a card, but you know, it's just it is just boring to watch and it draws out games, makes them go long. You know. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest reason why people are arguing is from an enjoyable viewership standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. fun to watch a top mirror because you don't really get to see the decisions they're making because they're not showing it off. Yeah. And even if they were showing it off, uh, it's probably they're, a good top player will be playing too quick for the audience to be able to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the top eight was kind of like the usual suspects. There was uh, Jeskai Miracles in first and second. Infect came in third, Agro Loam in fourth, um, Rug Delver in fifth and sixth, Lands in seventh, and then Agro Loam again in eighth. Uh, I what do you mean Agro Loam? That's what that's what it's saying. Uh, Agro Loam. That's just that's just what it's titled on. Uh, that's incorrect. Is it? Yeah, it's not Agro Loam. It's it's basically uh, Dark Maverick. It's it's a green-white Maverick shell for, uh, focusing on Knight of the Reliquary, and it's mm-hmm. flashing black for Dark Confidant. Um, I mean, it is running Life from the Loam. But yeah, both lists run two Life from the Loam. Right, but that's just because it's a sick card with Knight of the Reliquary. Like, sure. when Aggro Loam is much more red-based in, in historical, but, I mean, the lines are definitely blurred between uh, Dark Maverick and Aggro Loam. Um, so, it's just... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, how do those interact? Because I'm looking at both cards. How do those interact um, in a really good way? Well, uh, Life in the Loam and uh, Night of the Reliquary. So, Night of the Reliquary, you sack your lands to fetch uh, specific lands, because they'll have okay. a bunch of one-ofs. And then Agro Loam lets you bring the cards back. Oh, okay. And also, you can just be dredging the Life from the Loam to fill up your graveyard, and you're probably going to hit a couple lands along the way to pump the Night of the Reliquary. I see. That's cool. They, it's that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's not, it's I mean, it's a combo, but it's not what people think of when they think of combo. It's it's what people refer to as an engine, same as sure. like pu- punishing fire, grove of the burn willows. That's a combo, but it's not an I win the game combo. It's I have an engine that when this is online, my deck is firing in all all cylinders, and I'm most likely going to win the game. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take me a while to get there. Because um, I'm actually I'm looking at it on MTG Top Eight. I like I like that site. They actually have it kind of correctly labeled as uh, the Rock. Um, the Rock is a uh, is like a green black uh, you know grindy deck, and then Junk makes it you know white. Um, I thought that was it, it was definitely a interesting Top Eight. I mean the Miracles in the finals wasn't the best, but just the fact that two Rock decks made it, and then the blue decks were were four color Delvers, so they weren't even traditional Delver decks. Though those four color Delver decks are pretty interesting, um, they they play a lot like Rug Delver, but they go a little bit bigger because they run Deathrite Shaman instead of Nimble Mongoose, yep. and then just splashing the black for the Abrupt Decay just gives them such better game against Miracles because traditional Rug Delver just has no hope against Miracles. Like the entire deck is one and two drops. <laughs> um, what I actually thought was more interesting was did you take a look at the trial winners? I didn't actually. Um, so I thought those there was some pretty interesting spicy brews in there. Uh, Adrian, you'll be happy to know that one of the trial winners was Tin Fins, or as as they call it, Instant Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> um, Goblins won one. Uh, a couple of Elves decks, Death and Taxes. There was a Sneak and Show, some Miracles. 
And then I was clicking through what's labeled as other aggro decks. There's a couple interesting ones in there, namely a Death Shadow deck. So listen to this deck list. Four Polluted Delta, three Wasteland, three Bloodstained Mire. Looks like he... Oh, he's actually not doing budget because he's running Death Shadows, but three Watery Grave, Hmm. two Underground Sea, a Swamp of Bayou, Death Shadow, which if people have forgotten is the one black 13-13, where it gets minus X minus X, where X is your life total. Uh, then four Deathrite Shaman, four Delver of Secrets, three Street Wraith, and a Gurmag Angler. Is that then, why he's running the Shocklands? Right, to lower his life total for the okay. Death Shadow. Makes sense. Uh, then he's running four Brainstorm, four Dismember, four Dismember Main, hmm. four Days, four Thoughtseize, three Force of Will, three Gitaxian Probe, two Dig Through Time, two Reanimate, and a one of Spicy Berserk. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good card. Yeah. I like Berserk. Uh, it's pretty good on a thirteen thirteen too. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the blue red Delver lists, and they both are splashing black. Um, for it looks like for Deathrite Shaman, Gurmag Angler, they're running a couple True Name Nemesis. Yeah, did you see Saito? Saito was a uh, yeah. Running. I looked that over, man. I almost crashed my car looking at that. That was great. I know he was undefeated day one. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's just blue red Delver, and it's splashing black to run like Cabal Therapies in the in the sideboard, which just helps your combo match up. Yep. And it's also just a sick combo with uh, uh, Young Pyromancer. Cool. While you're there, uh, notice the Cola Guns command in the sideboard. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. What's that going to put that for? It's just value. Like okay. it, it might as well say draw a card on it because you're just. You're doing something plus returning a card. Yep. So, and just kind of pure card advantage theory, you're breaking even. Uh, mm-hmm. which is always a good thing in grindy decks. Cause you want to be able to either break even until your opponent runs out of stuff or get a slight advantage. Um, that's how they win the game is they just grind their opponent out of cards. So what are the cards out of cons that you said are good? Treasure Cruise? Dig through time? Are, are we going back to this, Adrian? <laughs> Treasure Cruise, Dig Through Time, and uh, Monastery Swift Spear. Okay, that's right, Monastery Swift Spear. What about Become Immense? Uh, would you... I mean, it sees niche play in a niche deck. Yeah, top four of this Grand Prix. Okay, if you if you want <laughs> If you want to add that... I'm just I'm looking at, like, four out of 300... I don't know. Throw enough spaghetti at the wall, something's going to stay there. <laughs> that is true. I mean, if you want to give that as cash, I mean, that just kind of helps the the whole. MTG. If you don't, if you don't pull out, eventually you'll have one kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if we, <laughs> I'm not advocating that as as contraception either. If you try that, you will likely have kids anyway. Leave if, if, if pulling out worked, none of us would be here. <laughs> Oh yeah, I definitely like Saito's list though. I, I've been I've been toying with the idea of running one True Name Nemesis in my in my deck anyway, um, and I kind of like that. I do like the Cabal Therapy too. He's got two in the main and two in the board. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a cool card too. Um, but it looks like all he's splashing black for is is Cabal Therapy, right? Looks like it. Yeah, which I mean, that's worthwhile because that plus Young Pyromancer is just so much value. Yeah. I could probably do like a like a budget version of that and run the watery grave, I guess. Like run a one of or two of watery grave and and play yeah. that just before you know before instead of picking up the, the undergrounds. 
Yeah, it's kind of a cool list. I like that. So then there's two other cards out of Return of Ravnica we forgot about. Golgari Charm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Golgari Charm. And then every once in a while, somebody will put Slider Games in their deck. Yeah, I mean, I'm running Rakdos Charm right now in, uh, in uh, my uh, Grixis Walkers. Okay, on, on MTGO? Yep. This, this, uh, is, this is weird. They got, like, two in the top. It like, looks like Bug Delver splashing for lightning bolts. Yeah, it's kind of the, it's the four color Delver list is because the biggest weakness of Bug Delver is it doesn't have cheap removal uh, for other Delver decks and elves, so it was just really <laughs> and dies to Blood Moon, and, and I mean it dies to Blood Moon anyways. So you, if you're already dying to Blood Moon, it doesn't really matter. Just go fucking all in. There were a lot of four color Delver on um, on coverage over the weekend. Wow. This is a deck actually played Split Decision. At a Conspiracy, a blue and a colorless, Will of the Council, instant. Choose target instant or sorcery spell. Starting with you, each player votes for a denial or duplication. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. If denial gets more votes, counter the spell. If duplication gets more votes or it's tied, copy the spell. So it's a blue colorless fork, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's how it works out. Uh, oh, kinda shit, like they're, using that, wow, they're using that in fucking Omni Show. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Wow. So what would you do? Two blue? Well, it would end up being three blue and a colorless to do a double dig through time? Yeah, three blue, one colorless. It'd be two blue, delve six to dig through time. One blue, one colorless to split decision it. Yeah, yeah, I guess that would. I'm Funky. surprised more of those cards, because I thought for sure the black card was going to see more play. Torture or death or torture? <laughs> torture or tickle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one colorless, one black. Each player votes between uh, each player sacks a creature, or each play or target each opponent loses four life. Uh, and the way it works out is that they always lose four life. Oh, and I met up with CJ, and I got to ask him your question, Jerry. Oh yeah, what's the answer? So if for whatever reason somebody actually does have high mind in field, and somebody happens to cast Days Undoing. How would you like an answer? If you have Hive Mind and I cast Days Undoing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you have Hive Mind in field and I cast Days Undoing, yours will, your Hive Mind will trigger, yep. copy, copy the spell, your spell will go on top of the stack and resolve first, we'll shuffle the graveyard and library, it's not your turn, so you don't end the turn. Okay. Then we reshuffle the graveyard into the library again, draw another seven, because mine's resolving, it's yep. my turn, so we end the turn. Okay, I figured that was how that works, but what happens when you control Hive Mind and you cast Days Undoing? Then your opponent goes on the stack first, you shuffle. It, it, it resolves the same way. It, two oh, same, same, yeah. same situation. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So either way. I was hoping um, for somehow it like ended, you know, you could use it as a, as a time walk type effect. No, the best, so far, the best thought that I fucking heard of with Days Undoing is in a, a burn deck splash in blue to reload the hand. Yeah, basically use it as the new uh, treasure cruise. <laughs> a, a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So which actually makes me curious, if that's how it ends up being used, then what happens with Volcanic Island? Oh my god, just go, is Volcanic Island finally going to surpass Underground Sea once and for all? Because it, it oh. for a little bit, did it for a little bit, but then it dipped back down. I, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, Esper's still so fucking strong. I mean, Bug Delver's been so fucking good. It's yeah. just Underground Sea is like it's in every combo deck. It's really fucking good. It just. I mean, I mean they're both really good. It's the colors are really fucking strong. Yeah, but I mean, Volcanic Island's in almost every Delver deck, and Underground Sea is in almost every combo deck. So it's kind yeah. of the consistent struggle between tempo decks and combo decks. 
I mean, at three days on doing isn't, like, it wouldn't be bad in Burn, I guess. It's no, not a cast of fine in Burn, because Burn's cast in Red Instance anyway. They don't care if it's yeah. their turn or not. Shit, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, good. no, it looked fucking good to me. I'm like, well, all right, that's actually a scary fucking use for it. Even with the, um, I mean, I guess it doesn't really work well with Monastery Swift Spear, because, yeah, you get prowess that doesn't really do anything because you just ended the turn. But, like, you get to reload your hand for whatever shit you want to do next turn. It seems really... Oh, you know what would be awesome, too? Because um, Burn is playing Grim Lava Mancer. You're pitching all those uh, fetches, and you're going to be... If you're able to pitch three or four of them, you're going to be significantly less less a chance to draw them when you redraw your seven, your your, your next seven cards. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's that was the weird thing, too. I mean, there was a few things about it. I, I don't... Reset high tide can go uh, instant speed off on your opponent's turn anyway, right? Because they brain freeze, which is instant. They're not doing anything sorcery. Yes, everything is instant because they can do it on... Yes, you're right. I mean, there's a sorcery speed version of it, but the more common version is instant speed. Yeah, so like reset high tide could actually use it with a quicken. Yeah. As extra copies of time spiral if they really wanted to. Yeah, now all you need is Candelabras, and you can put that deck together. <laughs> Reset High Tide? Yeah. Reset High Tide doesn't need Candelabras. They'll use, like, oh, yeah. Snap, snap I mean, and Snapcaster and Reset. It doesn't need it, but the better versions of the deck run Candelabra. Okay. <laughs> so Reset High Tide can only kill if they've resolved a Candelabra? No. Because every Candelabra they, they draw while they're covering out is useless, right? Yeah, but it just makes the deck better just going off because it frees up more mana for you. All I'm, knowing, all I'm saying is Feline Longmorn, the quote-unquote best High Tide player, plays with Candelabras. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she doesn't do Reset High Tide. Uh, I don't she, know. She plays, she plays Time Spiral. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. All right, you got me. You got me. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm pretty sure the... I played against uh, someone playing that at SCG Worcester, and um, he had said that the reason why he chose Reset High Tide was, was one of the reasons was because it didn't have to run Candelabras. I don't know if that means that it can or not, but... No, because you can... I mean, the thing with Reset High Tide is you, you get away with, like... I mean, Snapcaster made it better, because um, that's got Flash anyway, hmm. and, you, and you, you can... What's the other one? Cloud of Fairies? Yeah. Yep. I don't think that's got Flash. Um... I can't remember because that one—that's the one that untaps two lands when you cast it, right? Yeah, because they use like turnabout, reset, snap. Uh, snap was actually good with Snapcaster because that worked. Um, Cloud and, of Fairies uh, is one in a blue, flying for a one-one when it comes in untap up to two lands. And you can cycle it for two. Yeah, so it doesn't have flash. Nope. Nope. So, no. so if it's on your turn, you can use um, Cloud of Fairies and then snap to bounce the Cloud of Fairies and then Cloud of Fairies again and then like turnabout and. I mean, you could do shit with, like, Snapcaster and Flashback Snap and shit also. Wow, that's actually really fucking good, too. <laughs> There's a really good popper deck that uses um, uh, Snap, Cloud of Fairies, and it's just... It's like the blue Delver deck in, in popper, and it's just miserable to play against. Do you do a lot of popper? Um, I did. Uh, when I took a break from Standard, I played a, I jammed a lot of popper on, on uh, Magic Online, uh, and I was playing Mono Black Control, and that's a fun deck to play, but I think it... it the um, you know blue Delver deck beats it up pretty badly. Popper on Mitko is pretty fun though. Okay, and and I noticed a little while ago. I think we're entering a new era. Uh, Merfolk cards have started rising again. Oh. Uh, I feel that's mostly due to modern though, because it was doing so well in modern. Yeah, it did just win the GP, right? 
Yeah, I wonder if it has anything to do with coming second place at that GP also. <laughs> <laughs> I always yep. forget I have Merfolk put together, and I just never run it because I always forget I have it. But I never have to take <laughs> it apart because it doesn't use any cards from pretty much any other deck. No, it's a, no, it's, except for like except Wastelands. For Force of Will. I mean, Wastelands, Force of Wills. The one. Days. No, I mean, Days is every, you have a million of. But the, the Waste, one well, version I'm running is the Mutavault Cavern of Souls version. It's not running Wasteland. And then Force of Wills are the only thing that need to be subbed out. And I think I just have counter spells in its place right now as a placeholder. Uh, that's fun. I have it it's like it is really fun. I, it, it's it's pretty linear. I mean, it's not as fun as like Tinfins, but <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, is anything as fun as Tinfins for you? Um, no, I can answer. No, no, no. <laughs> you fucking got me there. Oh, Has Gorio's Vengeance come down yet? The only reason why I know how to spell Gorio's Vengeance is because of you, Adrian. Uh, it's, at, <laughs> it's at thirty-nine. It's at thirty-nine right now. So what did it spike at? It was spiked to fifty-one. Yeah, it's creeping back down. Thirty-nine on what? Thirty-nine. Uh, this is MTG stocks. Okay. So that's I, like that's like the average price. The low price is twenty-nine. Yeah, I just like to keep. Uh, I like to try to keep tabs on SCG. It's smart to use it, that you sold it when it was at that high point because that seems like it. It doesn't seem like it could sustain it because it, it looked pretty level, like right around thirteen to fifteen dollars, right from like 2013 until you know like June of this year. It oh, was yeah, basically no. it was very very flat, and then all of a sudden it just had like a huge spike. Oh yeah, it was a huge fucking spike. And the thing is, is like the deck is a fucking blast. But yeah, it's, hi- it's highly inconsistent. Right. I have I haven't played the Nourishing Shoal version, so that may be better. SCG's out, oh my god, SCG's out of stock at fucking through the breach at twenty four fifty. Wow. <laughs> wow. And Go- Why? And Gorio's Vengeance is out of stock at forty because those are the two cards you need in that deck. Oh my god, that's so stupid. <laughs> they could have reprinted it. I mean they put they did Modern Masters with Eldrazi. I figured they could fucking jam it in there. I know, I thought they would. But I guess it's not to be so. <laughs> Oh, and I, I did say, so I will say, I, when I went down there, I did not put these in the food chain deck, but I did have seed times, and, like, I, I, I brought a bunch of cards to make food chain, I'm like, oh, I'm bringing seed time, and then Evan's like, yeah, uh, blue doesn't show up, everybody hates blue out, like, okay, then, I guess I just won't play seed time. I guess I won't do that. That's so strange to me to hear that, that, that there's a metagame that just hates out blue, that it's not it's, even there, that's so weird. Fucking awesome! It's oh so yeah, I, I don't they say they weird isn't like it. bad. I don't mean weird isn't bad. I think it's weird isn't just like I can't believe that everyone was just kind of like, yep, we're cool with each other. We're just gonna hate out blue and make sure no one plays it, and that's cool well, as hell. Well, the thing is, is it's um Evans. W- w- so I was talking to him. He was wicked fucking cool. He did a lot. Of, he does like graphic design work, and um so he was from New York and moved to Minneapolis. Apparently, Atlanta is a huge like transplant area. So mm-hmm. like everybody that lives there, nobody's from there, and um. But he's been playing since, what did he say? I think he said fucking revised earlier. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's been playing a long fucking time. He's got an extensive collection. I think he was just doing, um, I think he was doing, like, mono green 12 post. And, and I watched him, like, he was in a lands mirror with somebody else who was doing, or he was doing 12 post. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was doing 12 post and his opponent was doing lands. And, like, they had this long fucking game that was, um, it was intense to watch at the end. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was really cool to see, um, a lot of people with a lot of, uh, actual insight. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a good time down there, man. It seemed like you were really 
very excited to go down there and meet all those guys. So it's great. Yeah, oh, they were all fucking wicked cool. That's awesome. Um, and and oh, and for reference, Pat, like against you know what's really good against fucking Celso's mud deck. What's that, Jerry? You want to tell him? Uh, no rod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that's where you were going. See, Jerry likes Pything Needle. I like Null Rod. Yeah, I like Pything Needle. Well, Pything Needle's one and Null Rod's two, right? Exactly. Yeah, but Pything Needle stops a card and Null Rod shuts down that whole deck. Yeah. Yeah, but that whole deck. Okay, it also shuts down tops and they can't float a top on top to counter their... It also shuts down my Lotus Petals. I yep. can't run it in Sneak and Show because it shuts down my Lotus Petals. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so don't run it in Sneak and Show. <laughs> okay, so next time. Or, or replace Lotus Petals with fucking Simeon Spirit Guides. <laughs> you, know also, you know what it also did to me? Like, turn one, turn two when we were playing was Chalice for one and then Chalice for two. <laughs> like, oh, maybe that's why that deck felt so, so degenerate because I couldn't play anything in my hand. I had, like, I landed a Swift Spear and then it was just... Literally, like, uh, basically pitching cards to pump it to try to get in, and, like, and, and then it got to the point where he had so much on his board, it was just, it was bad. It was bad. I felt like I had no game against that deck at all. But yeah, nice guy, yeah. though. <laughs> oh, no, Celso's fucking awesome. Yeah, he was, was, he was, he was great to meet. Sent me a message on Facebook, he was like, hey, what do you want to, like, playtest against? And I ended up running really late to, to go, so we got, only got to play, like, a game or two. But, um, he, uh, put together Elves for me and helped me play against Elves and helped me, like, talk me through, like, what's important and what's not, and, um, you know, I didn't beat elves, but uh, it definitely helped, like, you know, sure up my understanding of that deck. So um, it was awesome. You know, he was a great guy. Yeah, yeah he, he sent uh, he sent some picture of his breakfast at Carl's. Oh, that looked real good. <laughs> yeah, I fucking, I'm like, damn it, man. I'm, I mean, I'm glad I was down in Atlanta, but I knew, uh, I knew I was going to be fucking missing. I didn't realize John and Ian and everybody else was going to be at fucking T too. Yeah. Oh, you know what else I did fucking try in that food chain deck was uh, Monastery Siege. Oh, what'd you think of that? I cited it in one game, and the extra card draw was actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, I played that in Standard, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, I'm tempted... Uh, I'm still thinking about trying to see what it's like and replace a one standstill in Merfolk. It wasn't back-breaking, but it was advantageous, because that deck doesn't really get card draw. Right. Food chain. So the only thing I could actually think of, I was tempted to splash Dark Confidant, but, like, like Jerry will play Dark Confidant with fucking Emrakul. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm a badass motherfucker. <laughs> You're just so greedy. greedy. So greedy. So just top greedy. decks. <laughs> um, but like, I, I didn't want to be playing it with eight drops and dig through time. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out: is there a way that I could actually? Because like some of the, I forget the matchups. I forget the matchup. I actually brought it in. I was so fucking tired. But I, I think um, I brought. I might have brought it in against the deck that was trying to just make me discard all the time. And I'm like, fuck it, I'll just stop filtering the cards I'm drawing. Did Curtis go down to Atlanta too? No, no, but I'm telling you, that, that one deck I played, that mono black deck, he, he was fucking answering everything. That was, uh, that was interesting. Jerry, so I got a I, question for you. Yeah. Just a finance question. Um, if I'm sweating, I'm sitting on a uh, playset of Windswept Heaths and a couple extra Bloodstained Myers, is it worth just holding on to them? Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm actively picking them up. Really? So I would not recommend selling them. Always, I, always, always, always invest in real estate. Yeah, and I'm going to add some polluted deltas to my want list. Yes, you should. I mean, I'm I'm picking up all the dual lands I can, and hopefully 
also getting uh, foil, uh, not dual lands, sorry, fetch lands, and also hopefully getting some foil fetch lands, because now's the time to get them if you want them. Yeah. What do you think is better to prioritize, like a Polluted Delta or a Flooded Strand? Polluted Delta. It's kind of, fetch lands kind of mirror their dual encountered parts. It's like, what's yep. better to have an Underground Sea or a Tundra? I mean, I think fetch lands are definitely a good buy, and if you plan on playing Legacy and you don't already have them, you should have picked them up uh, months ago. Yeah, well, I've, 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 I've actively searched them out when cons came out because they were right. they started off pretty low. So I have a playset of all of them, and then like you know a few months ago I started picking up just extra playsets of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just again, just to have and sit on, and that's one of the ones I, I have like the windswept heats. I'm just sitting on for now. Um, just, they're just in my binder as you know, like an investment that I know is just going to gain. Definitely worthwhile. Nice, Andrew. Did you hear about the uh, the foil goyf incident? You know the yeah. you know the one that Pascal Maynard. You hear about yeah. that he 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 did not end up selling it and ended yep. up not going through eBay. So he's yeah, they were all fake bids. Yeah, isn't that that sucks? That really sucks. If you're out there and you're and like the guy's trying to help a charity, um, don't be a jerk. You know, <laughs> jerk. but he's uh he's he's relisting it not through eBay but just like private, mm-hmm. and um he's giving seventy five percent of it to gamers helping gamers now. So he actually upped it another twenty five percent, which is pretty cool. I think uh I think it's unfortunate he even took shit for fucking making a pick. I mean it's yeah. a guy's own business. Yeah. Mind your own business, people. <laughs> oh, speaking of being clipped, what do you mean people in Atlanta just saying I'd play article or read articles all day? You know that that so when we record you don't you don't have a tendency to bring the creativity that you do possess. Like like when you create a deck, and that's what I was telling him. Like no, he he brews, and when he when he brews, he does shit like dark confidant and fucking emrakul, and just top decks like a champ and crushes people. <laughs> like he does fucked up shit. But like like when we record, um, a lot of times I think maybe like like you are the voice of the status quo and the ma- the majority. Mm. Like you're not very, uh, you don't put out that independent mind that you that you express like a lot of times when you show up with your own fucking bruise like when you were doing uh, what did you do with fucking not Grave Digger what is it Grave Titan when you were doing like Grave Titan Gorio's Vengeance oh yeah and Shallow Grave and shit yeah like no, nobody gets to hear that stuff because all they really hear is well this is like the deck that's in the top 8 and like well what about uh, uh, Cloud Knot I brought that to the table yeah that was pretty fucking cool I think it's I, and I don't know if it was just um like it was a couple, it, so it was it was just kind of mentioned. I don't know if it's just, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really follow along with it. But as I'm, I'm listening, I'm like, it, it was kind of what you were talking about. I'm like, okay, well maybe I could understand what they were saying. But I don't know. <laughs> Next week, Jerry's gonna come with a list that's just uh, Magic Origins block constructed for Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to see. They're all Legacy playable. Well, no, the thing the thing was like, I mean, these the funny thing was like these guys. You know, these guys had, like, experience going, like, way the fuck back in sets. And, like, they were playing cards that I'd never fucking seen or heard, but they were cards that shut down the stereotypical fucking decks that you'd see. Like, um, I don't know how elves can fucking keep up with a dystopia or or death and taxes, but, like, that's a good black answer to it. It was kind of like, because what the fuck were we talking about, Pat? Because I was talking about it down there with him too. Uh, you somebody cast Painter Servant against you, yeah, and, yep. and named Green, yep. and like and because I was explaining this to Evan, and I'm like, and I couldn't think of why except like maybe Death Grip. He's like, that's the only thing I could think of too is Death Grip. Like, 
um, like they, they, there's a lot of cards that are obscure and forgotten about that are extremely fucking good. Yep. But no, nobody plays them because it takes somebody to play them, and yeah. and usually five thousand people would rather follow five thousand people than one person saying, you know, I'm gonna fucking try this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the cool thing about Legacy too, is that I feel like every set that gets released is it you can dredge up old cards that work well with it, right? Exactly. Like even even Braden was talking about what Jerry. What what's the place that I went out and picked up that Braden was talking about? Skrick Alarmist. Oh, Skrick Alarmist. Yep. Not really came of that, but there was the chance. I mean, that's what happened with uh, Personal Tutor. Personal Tutor was like a bulk rare, and then they spoiled the Miracles mechanic, and it became like fifty dollars overnight. Is that what that was? Yeah. Oh, because I like personal. I just like Personal Tutor and Omni Show. Yeah, well, personal tutor, you search for, is it an instant or sorcery or just sorcery? No, no just sorcery. Right. Uh, no, my, my, mystical tutor was the banned one that gets yeah. used. Yeah. So personal tutor searches for the sorcery, sorcery and puts it on top, so you just search for a miracle card and put it on top of your library. Oh, that was fucking terrible. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, people, people know that now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's definitely got better decks it can go in. And, and, and so, we were leaving Atlanta, and, uh, we had some time before the flight back, so we're looking for something to eat, and I'm like, all right, so I get on my little GPS, and I'm looking up local fucking places to eat, and I see Crystal, and I'm like, oh, I haven't been to a fucking Crystal since I was in Florida in eighth grade. I'm going to fucking go to Crystal. So What's we went Crystal? over there. Yeah, I was I was hoping you would ask. I was, I was hoping somebody <laughs> would ask. I have, I, I have no idea what that is. What's so, Crystal? <laughs> so Crystal is a fast food restaurant. It's like a fast food joint, yep. and they got burgers. And I, it wasn't until I got there that I remembered that, like, their claim to fame was, I think that back then their quarters, their burgers were a quarter. And um, so so we went over to Crystal, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, their burgers were a quarter. And I'm looking at the neighborhood I'm in, I'm like, that's why there's a Crystal here. It's <laughs> like, the neighborhood could probably only take burgers that were a quarter. And, like it was really, um, you know, and, and one of the th- it was a it was a pretty bad fucking neighborhood of Atlanta. That's for shit show. I turned around and like, I guess like, I was at the projects, and and it was like you know long strip of like brick building projects, right? But they're all boarded up, and like closed. Like like the projects got foreclosed on. Like it was, it was that oppressed. And I'm like, wow, that's um, yeah. I don't know how much longer I want to be around here. But, uh, cause the weird thing is, you know, up here you get fucking, you know, you're the rough neighborhood, of course. But it's about a football field. Cause everybody's packed on top of each other. Mm-hmm. You get down towards Atlanta, you get the rough neighborhood, it's like four miles. Because everybody's sprawled out. Right. It, so it was like, but it was, it, yeah, it was, it was, uh, a little different, but managed to, I did go over to Crystal, grab something to eat, <laughs> and then, uh, like, I don't know if you guys have ever been... You ever been to a White Castle? Oh, my God. There was a White Castle down there? No, that's not what I asked you. <laughs> I've been to a White Castle. I went to, a, I I went to go visit my brother in in, uh, in Brooklyn, like, a few years ago, and I made it a point to check out a White Castle. And Did it you was, regret it? Uh, it was the... Uh, what's the best? It way was to a re- it? It, w- it was a regrettable experience. It was the it? most disappointing food experience I've ever had <laughs> in my entire life. You bet your fucking life. ass, yeah. It I... was awful. It, their burgers are basically like. 
the a slice like, of bologna and soggy bread. A strictly worse version of Steakum from middle school. They're fucking horrible. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like, I went out to Kentucky and I'm like, oh shit, White Castle. I've never seen Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. That's why I went. That's why I went. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this place must be amazing. And then I ate there and I'm like, this place is terrible and I'm never watching that movie again. See, I went, I, I went out to Kentucky and I found a White Castle. I'm like, oh shit, I've heard about the like Beastie Boys songs and shit. Yeah. I'm gonna go to White Castle. I went there and I'm like, Oh my god, that's yeah, that's fucking gross. <laughs> like the, the I like twenty sacks of those burgers. I wouldn't even give them to my dog. They're awful. <laughs> yeah, so props to White Castle. <laughs> um, racket man, they have a racket going on over there. Ugh. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty fucking. Yeah, White Castle was rancid. Um, Crystal wasn't actually as bad. Uh, it's just um, yeah, it was a questionable neighborhood to be in, but that's that's cool. You make it in, you make it out. Now what's what's death right shaman at anyway? I'm I'm here I heard he was like fucking cheap, like five yeah, bucks. Yeah, I actually just I just picked up my playset on um on Puka Trade. Of Death Rights? Yep, because I saw they were low and and like I said, I've been kinda thinking about going into Grixis Delver, not immediately, but in the future. And I figured now is a good time to pick up Death Rights, but they're at like seven sixty mid. Hmm. Yeah, I think I picked mine up for around like seven fifty. I mean, yeah, that was that was actually why I started a Puka Trade account, and I still gotta look into it more, is because I wanted to um, uh, trade for more fetches. Yeah, I wanted to trade off uh, some legacy cards for fetches and foil fetches, yep. uh, like polluted deltas specifically. Yeah. When's the last time you ran Sneak and Show, Jerry? Was it back at the Die Hard? Yeah, back at Die. I mean, that was the last time I really got to play Legacy in person. Is that the last time you intend to play Sneak and Show? Uh, for a bit. Um, I mean, I want to pick up some other stuff. I. I mean, I have the, um... Like, I know you're afraid of that new card. Afraid? I'm brewing with that new card. The, uh, the new Seismic Assault? No, the new fucking thing that you were afraid of, like, Containment Priest. Oh, Hallowed Moonlight? Hallowed yeah, Moonlight. Like... Yeah, I mean, I'm not putting the deck down because of that. I'm putting the deck down just because I've run its course. I want to try something new. I need to move on to the fresh and exciting. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm brewing a aggro loam deck that's going to be focused around... It's going to be black, red, green, and it's going to bring back an oldie but goodie countryside crusher. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is what is countryside crusher? So, countryside crusher is one colorless red, red for a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. Uh, if it's a land card, you put it into the graveyard and repeat the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time a land goes to your graveyard, put a plus one plus one counter on him. Hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, so it's not it's not even for the turn. It's just a plus one plus one counter. Yeah, or it might be he gets plus one plus. Yeah, it's put a plus one plus one counter. Yep. So whenever a land is put into your graveyard from anywhere. Oh, from a, anywhere. So even your fetches and stuff. Yeah, fetches, wastelands, seismic assault, seismic assault. <laughs> So, wait, 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 wait. What, what's his color? He's a red and two colorless? A, a no, red, red oh. one colorless, two red. Yep. wonder if I should use him with land tax. Yeah, it's pretty good. So him plus Life from the Loam plus the new draw card, the just one red, draw two cards, discard a land card. Um, that plus the new Seismic Assault, the one red, pay one red, discard a land card, deal two damage. Play some Mox Diamonds up in that bitch. Yeah, some Mox Diamonds, <laughs> some Wastelands. I may even throw in Titania, Priest of Aragoth. Would you use Crucible Worlds? Uh, maybe a do splash you, of one of. Do you have one? I do. 
right. That what? What? Right, what was it you were even talking about? Uh, <laughs> Electricery? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, just like uh, collateral damage. That uh, when True Name Nemesis got printed, it just caused a lot of minus one, minus ones. And then True Name Nemesis didn't see as much play, so Grixis Delver came back to the forefront, and I feel people are going to go back to playing a lot more night minus one, minus ones. Mm. Like, have you seen Night of Souls Betrayal? That's been uh, moving up. That's kind of a little financial pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I still like... It, Night of Souls Betrayal is more effective than either of the two cards that I play in its place. Like, I have Night of Souls Betrayal. Um, I, thought, I also thought uh, Curse of Death's Hold from uh, Innistrad was pretty cute. It was like one more, but it only did it for enchanted players, so your creatures wouldn't actually get the drop. Oh, right, yep. Then there was, um, I still like Dreadonite, which is all white creatures get minus one, minus one. Because, like, usually when I want that, it's it's usually fucking elves. So Engineered Plague is usually better. Mm. But um, what the fuck do I use? Dreadonite against, like, Death and Taxes. Yeah. Uh, if, I ex- if I expect to see elves, I'd rather have Engineered Plague. And... I mean, and this is just like cost fucking cost comparison, I guess. But like, if somebody's actually, oh my god, yeah, dude, he fucking got me with a bitter blossom too. I forgot about that. Like the the game too, he had like bitter blossom going as I'm doing food chain, and I just couldn't fucking keep up. I'm like, shit, I wish I had illness in the ranks. Like illness in the ranks is actually one that'll fuck around with too, mm-hmm. because it's actually it it shuts off young pyromancer. Yep. But it also shuts off all the tokens that get prowess off monastery mentor before they can get prowess. Oh, nice. Yeah, illness in the ranks, and actually, Dread of Night gets that too. Dread of yeah. Night gets the monastery mentor fucking tokens also. Yeah, just kill those things dead. Kill uh, them dead. <laughs> kill them dead. Well, because that was kind of the breakdown with the GP two was the two miracles decks were the two different types of miracles decks. There what was you mean, the, like one of the ponder miracles and one legends. So, well, no, even more distinct than that is one is entreat the angels, one is monastery mentor. To the point that the Monastery Mentor one, they didn't even label it as Miracles. They just labeled it as Blue-White Control. Oh, yeah. Because it's not actually running any Miracles other than, you know, three Terminus. Okay. Can you really call it Miracles anymore? Like, before they were running, like, when the deck first came out, they were running Terminus and Treat the Angels, uh, the Temporal Mastery, even. And they just keep whittling it down to just be Blue-White Control that, ah, Terminus is good, we'll throw that in. (laughs) Who was playing Temporal Mastery? I mean, I'm talking when the deck first premiered. Oh, okay. Like, All people, right, yeah. People were just like, ah, oh, this is cute. Let's see how it works. Yeah. I mean, even uh, Eli Cassis was running a one of Temporal Mastery at uh, GP New Jersey, and he wasn't even playing Miracles. Well, uh, wouldn't you just rather run Explore? <laughs> no, that's that's always the stupid fucking thing to any time there's a uh, take another more. turn card. Everybody's like, wouldn't you just rather run Explore? And, no. <laughs> yeah, I would I mean, rather not run Explore. It depends. I mean, it, Do I have a Jace the Mind Sculptor in play? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Like, most of the time, shit, I'd probably actually be content to run Explore. Like, that's what you guys were saying about Seed Time. <laughs> like, wouldn't you just rather <laughs> run Explore? I always was for Seed Time. I love that card. Yeah, no. It's, it's, I'm, I want to fuck around with it. <laughs> I'm going to do something with it. I'm not exactly sure what. Right now, I am actually currently re- putting, sleeving up Merfolk. Cast it all you want against me. <laughs> what, seed time? Yeah. No, I'll cast Merfolk. <laughs> that, that's fine, too. I'm not running any islands. That's cool. I'm also playing Spreading Seas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, you are running islands. <laughs> uh, no, what I actually like is, uh, but I don't. it's not good enough for Legacy, is uh, Quicksilver Fountain. I remember that. I, I, it's what a, the hell was that? It's an artifact for three. 
at the beginning of your upkeep, target lands put a, uh, I think it's like a flowing counter, I don't know what it's called, but you put a counter on it, and it's a land. When all lands in play are islands, remove all counters from all lands. Mm-hmm. So you're, every turn, you're turning another one of their lands into an island until they're all lands and you have to restart. But it basically puts them in the position of, you know, stop playing lands or keep playing lands until they're all uh, islands and it's going to choke them on mana. Hmm. What if I just play fucking... I haven't seen... You know what I haven't seen in a while? I haven't... You know what I used to like to cast when I, I was a kid that I haven't fucking cast since I was a kid? It was Magical Hack. Uh, what does that do again? That it's one... It's, it's one... It's one blue. Change a word. Oh yeah. So, so like Slate of Mind would change a color. Magical yeah. Hack changes it like a land type. So I could instead of my fucking Merfolk have an island walk, they have Swamp Walk or yeah. Mountain Walk or fucking whatever walk. But there was um, there was also there was a Merfolk a little while ago. I can't remember what the hell it was, but target land becomes an island till end of turn. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that what that was either. I think that was in like Lorwyn or something. And I tried a little while ago to play Kosi's Trickster. Yeah. Um, so and Pat, that's all one one for one. That gets a plus one plus one counter whenever your opponent searches their library or shuffles their library. Okay. So, so like it gets a plus one plus one whenever you ponder. It gets a plus one plus one whenever you try to crack a fetch. It gets a plus one plus one whenever, and it just like gets big quick. So if you tried to like crack a fetch, brain and like set up a delver or some fucking thing, it gets bigger. <laughs> and then and then it's a merfolk, so it island walks. Like right now, the only thing out of this merfolk deck at the one drop is really vile and fucking curse catcher. I know a lot of people have been doing um, going from curse catcher, or like even just what, what the fuck were we looking up that Grand Prix? Mm-hmm. There's a merfolk deck that was like second place there that went to um, still kept curse catcher, but it looked like it was keeping three chalice of the voids main deck mm-hmm. and one one in the sideboard. I, I know a lot of the, a lot of the merfolk decks like chalices. Yeah, chalice. What's the chalice? Is another one. What's the price on chalice right now? Chalice. Look that up because I just sold them a little while ago at like fucking some ridiculous. What seemed like a ridiculous price. Yeah, oh, they're like se- I, they're like seventeen bucks. They spiked. Yeah. They spiked back in January or like twenty five, but now they're kind of flattened out. Are they up to twenty five or thirty? Uh, January was twenty five. Okay, because when Treasure uh, Cruise started getting big, chalice went fucking big. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, there was like there was like a, a short time where it was like right around thirty. Yeah, and yeah, that's when I sold them. Yep. I'm like, yep, I'll sell those and I'll just get them back later. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice. I, I just always end up doing that shit. Yeah, like, I'm perfectly fine picking up Gorio's Vengeance later on. Yeah, I don't expect it to stay that high for a while. I mean, it's already started to drop a bit. Yeah, it's. I mean, the deck is. The, 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 Especially the, if the, Brand gets banned in modern. <laughs> it's not going to get fucking banned in modern. <laughs> I don't know. They're calling it Grishol Band. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've been calling it since it's been printed. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember waiting for the banned and restricted list to come out right uh, when Innistrad was printed to see if they were going to ban Grizzlebrand before I picked up my playset. Because I had already got banned on Mental Misstep the set before, where I picked up a playset of Mental Missteps, and then they got banned like three days yeah. later. <laughs> well, how much were Mental Missteps? Those were uncommon, though, right? Yeah, but they were still like $9 a piece back then because they were played in literally everything. Oh, okay. And when I say literally, I'm not actually, you know, doing the exaggerated literally. I mean <laughs> the actual uh, dictionary definition of literally. <laughs> literally every deck was playing it. Even Metalworker? Even Metalworker. Elves was playing it. Zoo was playing it. You had to play it. Yeah, that seems like a good card. 
mental misstep. <laughs> so good it was banned. It's only good against one drops, but I guess that's good. I mean, how many one drops do you see in Legacy? Oh, I see a, a bunch. Lot. See a lot. Well, there's, there's, there's actually there's, well, there's, there's there's only eight in my deck. In what deck? Merfolk. That's because everything's a two drop. <laughs> Not everything. All right. Got, the majority got, of things are two drops. I got a true name nemesis hanging out like a punk. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> hanging out like a punk. I remember <laughs> I was playing uh, Merfolk online, and I like accidentally missed the trigger and ticked Aether Vial up to four. And my opponent like messaged me. It's like, why? Why did you tick him up to four? What could you possibly be running that costs four <laughs> mana for Aether Vial? I'm just like, oh, just you wait. I'll show you. <laughs> I didn't just misclick it. <laughs> See, the funny thing, I don't know. The thing I've had with fun with Merfolk is I'll I'll ramp the deck at three. So, like, I'll use True Name Nemesis, and I'll use, um, what is it, Meryl Ruggieri, because that's also three. Yeah. And then whenever you cast a Merfolk, you can untap a permanent. Yeah, I actually heard they were talking about it. It combos with the new Merfolk, the one that returns a uh, creature that's tapped to its owner's hand, because it comes into play, you you cast it, it triggers the Regery, the Regery taps the guy, and then it comes into play, and then the trigger goes on the stack to bounce it. So the new Merfolk plus Regery just reads bounce any creature, whether it's that's tapped. pretty cute, but I don't like that because you have to get the vial to three to land the Regery, then back to two to get the fucking wizard guy, or just pay four to flash it, or just you know cast it for two natural. You know once you already have the Regery in play, just yeah. cast it for two. None of that sounds like fun. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like I like I like. Violing in the Regery, <laughs> casting a Curse Catcher on tapping the Vial, and Violing in a True Name Nemesis. If it was up to Adrian, Sorceries wouldn't exist. Yeah, me sorceries too, Sorceries wouldn't exist? Yeah, yeah not, you too, Pat. You too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle Sorceries. I tried to I tried to fork bolt an elf during during combat again. <laughs> well, I'll actually agree with you, because I always feel that fork bolt should be an instant. Like, yeah. power level-wise, that could totally be an instant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, it's like a shock, you know? It's like a, like yeah. a better shock. Yeah, and I mean, Shock's already a bad lightning bolt, so... <laughs> Come on, I don't see the problem. Yeah, he's like, oh, you can't cast that. I was like, you're right. <laughs> Come see, on, Jerry would, be call- Jerry would be yelling at me right now if you want to see me. <laughs> it's okay, I've actually made that mistake before, too. No. Mostly because mine were in Japanese, and I had an excuse, but... <laughs> <laughs> they might as well be in Japanese, Jerry. I can't read, all right? I can't read! <laughs> Oh man, we're gonna have like a medicine worker type moment. Where <laughs> medicine worker? I don't know. Like that, uh, miracle head, worker? Yeah, miracle worker. Whatever it's called. That, that old TV show. Yeah, <laughs> TV show. <laughs> I don't know. That's before my time. <laughs> All right, boys. Should we should we wrap this up before we get a little too zany? Sure. You guys want to do some scoops? Scoop. <laughs> I have a few scoops. Do it up. All right. Uh, first guy I want to scoop in is uh, really? the Valduvian bear himself, Mr. John Celso. So my alter personality. Yep. <laughs> I heard you guys have never been in a room together. Nope, nope. No, uh, it hasn't I, happened once. I saw it. The universe, okay. the universe almost ended, and we decided it could never happen again. It just collapsed in itself. I, I can't remember when it happened. Oh, wait, that was that just breakfast? That was breakfast. Right? Yeah, yep. Okay, yep. <laughs> the it only happened. thing powerful enough to bring those two guys together is the power of breakfast. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, good point. Um, no, but Celso was awesome. I was really happy to meet him. Um, we talked for a while after the after the um, 
the tournament ended, and we were just kind of shooting the shoot the shit. And he was a really nice guy. It was just awesome to talk to him. Um, also wanted to scoop in uh, John Kermit again. Uh, this is the second scoop in the top eight, I think, uh, for top fouring the uh, the uh, event on Sunday, which I thought was pretty awesome. He actually was XO going into the last round and drew the top four. Oh shit! I just remembered it. he came. He must have came a fucking ways though. Yeah, he came all the way from. Uh, yeah, like an hour away plus. Yeah. So I know he's like an hour south of Jerry, an hour east of me, yep. 45 minutes north of you. Yeah, he goes, to, like like, hour he goes to Bridgewater for most of his games, but he came down to TE, so... Fuck, um, it's too bad I missed him. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I'm sure he'll be back. I mean, he money, so... I think he actually was able to roll it into a force of will, so... Uh, good for him. Yeah, because um, TE's awesome like that, and they pay out yep. enough star credit for you to actually buy something when you yeah. win. Yeah, and they have, stuff, they have stuff you'd want to buy. Imagine that. Oh, wow. It's almost like they have the whole running a store thing figured out. <laughs> um, also wanted to scoop in Ian. Um, he was nice enough to donate a huge amount of cards for our uh, for our charity drive that we're doing. So Yeah, and he also must have driven a long fucking way and still hasn't met Jerry yet, right? Yeah, he did. He did, he did drive, a, drive a bet. He's actually getting married in a month and a half, so congratulations nice. to him and his uh, soon-to-be wife. And uh, finally, I wanted to scoop in uh, Curtis for just playing Mono Black Pox and making my life miserable. But uh, yeah. we actually had really fun interactive games, and you guys know him well enough. He's a really nice, outgoing guy, uh, very vocal, very animated. And uh, <laughs> we, we we've the last we've played twice, and both times we're just cracking up by the end of it because of how ridiculous the game states are. So. I want to scoop him in the top eight, too. Uh, I want to scoop in Heavy Meta Midget. Uh, shout out again to him and Face to Face Games for sponsoring it. His weekly Tuesday night Legacy free tournament on Magic Online. If you are on Magic Online and you play Legacy, there is no reason why you should not play in that tournament. So get at it, people. Get at it. People. Get at it. Get free at money, it. Right? Free yeah, money. it's free money. Yeah, first place gets ten bucks, second place gets five bucks, which I know isn't a lot, but when it's a free entry, that's saying something. That's value. Yeah, come join and you can lose to goblins just like I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's also single elimination, which is why I'm not playing anymore. Uh, single elimination, so when you lose, like me, you can go on and you know do the things you're supposed to be doing, like a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can have your full attention now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, just in time to end the cast. <laughs> Uh, it ended a while like, hey, ago. you guys want to wrap this up? <laughs> <laughs> no, it ended a while ago. <laughs> uh, and I felt bad because I told him I was going to do it, and I'm like, ah, oh, but we moved the cast to Tuesday this week? Ah, ah, complications. <laughs> I needed it to be like one of those 90s TV shows where I had a secret twin brother and we could do both <laughs> at the same time. But sadly, it doesn't work that way. It does not. Salso could not play for you tonight. No, Salso could, <laughs> Salso could not play for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, oh, also, anti-scooping. Uh, no, you mean Dream Crush. Dream Crush. I'm going to Dream Crush moving, because moving sucks. <laughs> all right, Adrian, who you got? Uh, all right, yeah, so scooping a top eight. I want to scoop in. I want to scoop in at Boxy and Zero. He was... Uh, so when these guys knew I was coming down to Atlanta, they're like, oh, you know, we should meet up and play. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let me pack a deck. <laughs> so I, and I ended up fucking going with Food Chain. But he was working with, um, it was cool because he was putting together, he had a deck put together that, and I swear it looked like Tess. And he's like, well, no, it's a little different than Tess. 
like it had right of flame, it had chrome marks, it had, it was like it was. Ooh, so it was it's kind of like Char Belcher test combo, and by combo I mean smashed together. Why test plays chrome marks? Yeah, but I mean that's more traditionally Char Belcher, right of flame, chrome marks. And test test plays right of flame. Do they? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because they access red. They don't play. They usually don't play Cabal Ritual. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, they'll main deck, like, yeah, I think he was main decking uh, Tendrils of Agony instead of Empty the Warrens, and Tess will normally, like, main deck Empty the Warrens instead of Tendrils of Agony. Not a big deal. It was just, like, to me, I was looking at his deck, and I'm like, this looks like Tess, except that he had two copies of Top in it. He had a couple of things that were a little bit different than Tess. I don't know, to me it looked like Tess, but, which is fucking cool, because I like Tess. I can't play Ant. I, I'm, I'm better off with Tess. So, uh, scooping a Top 8 to Boxian. Ian and uh, obviously big fucking scoop in the top eight to Evan and um, and all the guys from Team Tusk yeah, they were all fucking awesome and uh, what else oh yeah and a scoop in the top eight to CJ like he knew I was going to be heading over there so he's like he figured he'd come over and say hi so that was fucking awesome and uh, it's a scoop in the top eight to CJ for coming over saying hi and answering the judge question that uh, Jerry posed because very likely soon we'll be at a board state where somebody actually casts Days Undoing with a hive mind on play. Yeah, well, I thought if that interaction worked out better, that person would be me, but <laughs> I guess not. Could, I guess I'm not. To... <laughs> it could still be fine. Like you might actually be able to just fucking resolve the hive mind, mm-hmm. cast Days Undoing, end the turn, but have drawn all the packs you needed. That's true. It's just if you cast them on your opponent's turn, then they go off on your turn because you have to pay for them at your next upkeep. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I've thought this out. It's okay. I had the advantage. (laughs) (laughs) So instead, I'm just going to focus on the aggro loam so people can see more of my creative side. (laughs) And scoop into Toppy to Pat. Me? Yeah, you. What'd I do? <laughs> yeah, you edited last week's cast, and you did it like a fucking boss. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> that was, uh... So, yeah, scoop it to top eight to Pat. Pat fucking... I don't, I don't even know... I mean, I don't know if anybody... I'm actually curious... I'm actually curious, Pat, as time goes, mm-hmm. uh, would anybody actually notice the difference? Like... Cause I, I, the, <laughs> I listened to it today, actually, because, again, I, I listen to every cast the day it comes out, just to just to hear it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, me too. Totally. <laughs> and you also read the show notes, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jer- Jerry's really into this. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Hey, I'm listening to it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I definitely saw some things I could do better. So, um, I would probably, if I didn't have to do it twice, like I did this time, like, because, and not on purpose, like, I didn't get to do it once and then go through it to refine it, I had to do it. I got like two thirds of the way through it, and then it deleted itself, and then I had to start all over again from scratch. Um, so I'd like to do it twice, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm happy to do I'm, it. And thanks for the thanks for the show. Yeah, I'm not sure that it deleted itself. I don't know that I could believe that. Well, uh, I did open it, and it said there was like 71 blocks missing, and I'm like, what? Have it? But it probably again, like if I had listened to it again, I probably would have caught myself. But just got to be more careful deleting uh, deleting. My, the nonsense that I spout all the time. So, oh, you know what? Hey, I also just got a. Um, oh yeah, so I just got a. I just got a text, and this was this was kind of what he was running too. Uh, green, black, dark depths. This was Evans' list mm-hmm. that he's been running. Uh, Tombstalker, vampire, hex mage, dark confidant, Ooh, and everything. Tombstalker. Yeah. Tombstalker and dark confidant. 
The monster, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's Jerry's recipe for success. <laughs> yeah, where's the Emrakul? <laughs> two chokes, three, two trinospheres in the sideboard. Oh, yeah, that's what he had in his sideboard, dude. He had fucking three copies of Gloom. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the so, monster. like, Death and Taxes with the Cavernous Souls just gets to keep paying fucking mana first. That <laughs> 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 shit, shit was awesome. Uh, he was in a, like, a mirror, sort of. The guy had a fucking... He, his opponent had already made a Merit Leash token, um, and Evan had an ensnaring bridge down that his opponent couldn't get rid of, and w- was trying to cast up, get enough mana to cast Primeval Titan to get his Caracas, and like just it, at the last at the last minute couldn't fucking pull it out. But it was um, that was fucking that was cool to watch. So yeah, so he sent me he I get he sent me his list at um, the SCG IQ I guess, and uh, offered to donate his playmat. If we wanted to, which we got to try to figure that out. And the guy that I was um, trying to remember the name of earlier was Sean O'Brien. I don't know if you ever heard of Sean O'Brien. He's from Everyday Eternal. Oh, okay, cool. So that's like the that's as far as I could equate it. It seems like Sean O'Brien would be Team Tusk's version of our Josh Sissio. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, if that makes any sense. I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't know about how much. <laughs> yeah, other people yeah. are gonna know. Right, that may not make much sense to a whole lot. But, so, um, but we're just doing this podcast for you and me. I mean, not, yeah, not I, even Pat. Pat just put it, it in here. Get well, out, it of, here. Get well, out the, of here, crazy kid. Get out of here. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's, it's, it's pretty irrelevant because nobody listens to this anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it's all, it's all fucking cool. I already um, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Pat is the only one that has to listen to it, and he listens to it now three times. <laughs> That's how it goes. Well, he, he started to figure out that, you know, like, we could do a, uh, you know, we could do a, like, two-hour cast, and it takes me eight to ten hours to edit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and Jerry never recognizes it, realizes that. I realize it. I just don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Adrian. So I went down to Atlanta, and I I left my fucking vape up here because I didn't know if they were going to let me through the airport with it. I'm like, well, they have these chemical rules, and this thing is kind of toxic. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if they'd let me through the fucking airport. So I'm like, damn it, I guess I'm fucking smoking cigarettes the whole weekend. So I get down to Atlanta. Evan, fucking awesome, right? We, we go play. We go to leave. I'm like, all right, I just need some cigarettes. He goes, yeah, me too. So we go over to the gas station. I'm like, pack of cigarettes. The guy's 430. Like, uh, okay. Wow, they're fucking cheap yeah, down here. He, he, he goes, I was going to ask you, how much are they up north? I'm like, 850. So I'm like, I should grab a couple fucking cartons. And I'm smoking cigarettes all week. And I'm like, please, I go. Everybody's got their vape. So four hours before I leave Atlanta, I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to the vape shop and buying one. And they let me through the airport with a bit of problems. Now I have, like, all these fucking things. All right. Well, I do have to go, so let's, let's get this on track. All right, guys. Have a good night. Hopefully we have an ending that we can actually come to. <laughs> the devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul, because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, My name's Johnny, and it might be a sin. But I'll take your bet, and you're going to regret, because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, rising up your bow and play your fiddle hard. Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals in cards. And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold. But if you lose, the devil 
Start this show and fire flew from his fingertips as he rosined up his bow. And he pulled the bow across the strings and it made an evil hiss. Then a band of demons joined in and it sounded something like this. Johnny said, well, you're pretty good, old son, but sit down in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. Fire on the mountain, run, boys, run. The devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in the bread pan, picking out dough. Ready to dog like no child, no. devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat. And he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at Johnny's feet. Johnny said, devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again. I done told you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best as ever been. He played found the mountain, run, boy, run. Devil's in the house of the rising sun. 